0: From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host Braden Gunn,
1: Jonathan Swindle not here, and Glenn Kinman. He
2: ain't here either.
1: Welcome in everybody. Hour number two. Braden, Barr, Dean, and Bill George and Aaron. We're all in here. Glenn is out uh, recovering from uh, the Passion of the Christ last night. He'll be doing it again tonight at the Countryside Baptist Church. If you'd like to stop by and uh, go, I know that guy! Uh, you know, while he's up on the cross, that would be awesome. And uh, he would probably be like going, shh, man, don't. Be quiet. And uh, our, although tonight is going to be kind of frigid, it's going to be around 58-ish or so. maybe England, so. <laughs> don't uh, we're
3: right. done with that. He's
1: going This will probably be the fastest one that they've ever done. Get him up, get him out. Let's get out of here. Get him under a blanket. Uh, it's going to be kind of chilly for a Florida kid, but um, uh, and Jonathan is up north again. He's up there uh, trying to take care of all that stuff that Michael left behind. You know, it's one of those things that once you get in it, uh, once you start, you know, moving, removing, and building, and tearing, and reshaping, and all that, it just it pile uh, and burn. It's well, you know. Uh, Out where he is, you can do that. But, uh, you know, some of those people down on Mexico Beach and all that other stuff, they can't just pile and burn. They have to pile and wait, you know, for uh, somebody to come by and pick it up.
2: You're going to bother your neighbor? You know what, there are
1: some houses still left on there, so uh, maybe you wouldn't bother oh the God. one or two guys that are still left there in let's their block see, houses.
4: I can see it now, I'd be like, hey Jimmy, why don't you go ahead and get that bulldozer, push your pile over to my pile, let's have a block party, let's just go ahead and burn this thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. go get some natty ice, bring it over. I got hot
4: dogs. There we go.
3: It took me a second to get that joke you just made about the
1: (laughs) 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 Not the sharpest tool in the world. No. But welcome in. Hour number two. If you'd like to give us a call, you know you're always welcome to at 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. I will give you this. Had a great week this past week up until yesterday when the front kind of pushed through. I went out and took the kids. Uh, They had a half day on uh, Thursday, so we... We played hooky. I know it's not a good thing, but we played hooky. What, why do you say it's not a good thing? Well, you know, it's pull, the kids, out, pull it, the kids out of
2: school. There and, is you know. so much more to learn in life than in a book or a classroom.
1: Dude, I agree.
2: But That's you know, our problem. We got a bunch of people who are smart in a book and a classroom and don't know diddly squat about the outdoors.
1: I understand that. You're, t- you're preaching so to the why choir here.
2: Th- this is the common theme. We, we have to apologize for what we believe in.
1: Well, you know what? I will say that when we went back into uh, church on uh, Thursday, you know, we went there uh, for Monday, Thursday. And so, uh, you know, when you swaddle up to the principal and go, hey, we played hooky today. Look at the pictures of the fish we caught They kind of go, oh, you played hooky today? Uh, Yeah, uh, I did it. I was the one who pulled them out. It's no, you know. Put It on me, don't put it on them.
2: It was on me, but see, you uh, said you put pl- you should have sat there and said we expose them to other aspects of life to make them more well Yeah,
1: that sounds great. So, there you go. Whatever, that actually sounds
3: like
4: a good one. No, uh, that, I w- I'll use that. Oh, I, I, was use giving that. Them, I was giving them a lesson in the outdoors. Don't ever ask me about this well, again. Well, it oh it used to
2: be when we turned around and started school uh, each year and we'd go meet the kids' teachers. I sit there and say, Listen, I just want to let you know now. School hasn't started yet, but the week after Thanksgiving, we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to start preparing lesson plans now. Just And every
1: year after that, just know that between this time and this time, we're in the woods. So yeah. forget it. Yeah. I mean, that's why in Texas they
4: had that two and a half week break. You know, oh, they, Thanksgiving, they went ahead and just went, you know what, let's not even worry about it. Half the kids are not going to be here. They're going to be out of deer camp, so let's just go ahead and make it a nice long break.
1: Well, a lot yeah. of northern states are like that. You know, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Illinois, I mean, those they know that between... The opening of deer season, uh, you might as well say that, you know, these kids ain't going to be here. So.
2: Well, it was funny because um, Pennsylvania just made a major change to their deer season. I've been going up there. Deer season has been the mo- first Monday after Thanksgiving as long as I've been alive. And uh, they changed it. It's, it's now going to open the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So instead of opening on a Monday and kids being out of school and that, they're going to open it on Saturday.
1: Well, that's still the kids are still going to be gone because you yeah. think they're going to come back on Monday. Pfft, whatever, you're out of yeah. camp for an entire week. Just think <clears> about it. Gone. We're
2: this, out. Yeah, camp camp is not as big as it used to be. You know, there's not as many people going and spending a weekend camp anymore. The, hunting's gotten to be what I. It's almost like a drive-in, drive-out, you know, drive-by thing now. Um, you know, as long how as you many, have the, How it, many days did you spend out in the woods? You know, and not come back home. Dean, you mean like
1: spend like, the, spend days the, night of, the night,
3: um, this year, none. Cause I, I had my, my son earlier in the year. So I missed, well, actually, you no, know I sh- I should clarify during deer season. Um, I did do an overnight trip, uh, yeah. to citrus and then I had to come home early cause there was yeah. an issue with my son. So I had to deal yeah, with that
2: majority of people. Now we go, we quickly drive out, we hunt, and then we come back, and yeah. we're not we're not sitting around the campfire. We're not sitting around a table and eating, and and, and having that camaraderie. And I I think we're losing because of it. Well, yeah. I
1: think that I I would agree that it is a totally different, uh, a totally different adventure when you do that. When you don't have to worry about uh, getting back on time or doing all that kind of stuff, it is. Uh, it's a lot, one, it's a lot more relaxing to do it that way. And number two, I think that, uh, you know, you get to hang out with your friends and family a little bit longer and you get to learn things that you may not know uh, when you zip out, zip back, you know, or meet them up there. I'll just meet you there. We'll hunt for the day. I got to get back and da, da 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 da. I really think I agree with you that people should take more time to, you know, go and spend as much time as you can there. I mean, What's the difference between jumping on a cruise ship and being gone for a week and a half, or uh, you know, packing the kids into a, a car and driving to Yosemite, uh, than than going out and spending time in the woods? That's true. You, you,
4: you're kind of talking about. I mean, I had to say it, but it's like two different types of people. You've got your type of people that are the the, the 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 true outdoors outdoorsmen, men and women that that literally think from the moment that they wake up what they're going to be doing for deer season. <clears throat> it's the first thing in their mind. And that's I mean I have a cousin like that. He's already he's already making moves up in Wisconsin. He's already making things happen, getting ready for deer season. Then you've got your everyday average angler or average hunter, and those are the people that.
1: But you also got to remember what Rusty does for a living. Well, yeah, he's close to the land, so he's there, and he's he knows uh, you know that season's coming. We're we're talking about the guy who lives uh, and works up on the 40th floor in downtown Saint Petersburg or downtown Tampa, who uh, you know knows that it's only a two-hour drive up to the lease. And it's two hours back, and uh, you can still catch the uh, lightning game on the way back or uh, the Bucks game the next morning. Uh, leave Friday afternoon, hunt all day Saturday, and uh, maybe come back Saturday night, and you know you got your Sunday back. So I always look forward to, to getting out and getting away. When we used to do those trips where we went out to Wyoming, yeah. and you can open up the windows and, and, and not be in a hurry to get out and have to get it done and get back and do all that stuff where you're like, well, what time do you want to meet up with the guys tomorrow? Nah, eh, you know, I don't know. Let's meet up around, I don't know, 10, 11? Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. So you got time to go get breakfast, go around town a little bit, see the sights a little bit, then go out and do your thing for the day, then come back, then do it again the next day, and then, like, on the third day go, well, you know what? I'm tired of shooting prairie dogs. Let's go see uh, Let's go see about Rushmore, you know? And and then you go spend a day trip and whatever. And when you mm. come back, it's an adventure. It's not just going up, go deer hunt, and come back.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I didn't necessarily even grow up hunting. So this is all within the last few years for me. And I've got my little group of friends that we go out and we, we pretty much all hunt the same areas. Like I've learned a lot from like when it comes to hog hunting, I've learned a lot from a couple of people. And when, when, you know, the season opens up we'll go down and they'll spend a couple days out you know down south because he lives a little farther away from it than i do so he'll drive down and make a couple days out of it well for me especially with a you know a new sun and everything it's it this year was kind of difficult for me to go out and actually do well, that's that all right. but this next that. coming up year Life happens. I, I will have a couple of those trips where i go down and sleep in my truck for a couple days try to you know especially when hog opens up go and try to get five or six but of them and that's and then when deer, you know when I, I say hog opens up because we're hunting public land not that's, not that's
2: yeah not, no i was gonna say my daughter was two when i shot my first animal with her in the tree stand with me yeah you well, my, think, okay. my son's nine months old right well, I'm just saying, but, but yes i want my by when, next season
3: when he is old enough and like so when he can walk and the, you know he's it, I I want to start them as early as the, I can.
2: As soon as my kids had their head strong enough to be upright in a papoose, <laughs> they were riding out in the
3: woods. My wife would kind of freak out when it Your comes to stuff like out that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell
4: you, Dean, it was uh, day three that we had They had my son home, and I literally got him in the little papoose against my chest. I've got his head supported, and I've got a fishing rod in my hand. And I'm, I'm Talking to the
1: microphone, rookie.
4: Sorry. And, I'm, and my, I'm catfishing.
2: And, and, and my mom will tell you stories about having to heat up bottles for us kids by putting them wrapping them in a newspaper and putting them by the fire. Okay?
4: It's just you gotta you gotta make the lifestyle. Yeah, You've yeah. you gotta I, you, you, you can't bo- just fit it into everyday busy schedule. You can't you have to dedicate yourself to be out in the outdoors to be able to learn the things yeah, that you and need to I, learn, I, I, to learn I, it in ten
3: minutes. I completely agree with that dedication part. I'm actually, I'm really trying to work on that and make it, you know, like make it an everyday thing. And it's just it's yeah. taken time for me to Transition to that point, and so the, when you know within the next couple of years, I that 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 is my That's intention. Anyway, man. Uh, Just
4: you got to make it a, a part of your daily routine every day. When my whenever I have a moment with my son, you want to go outside and go cast the fishing rod, buddy? Yes, fish. Well,
1: it fish. helps when you got a lake in your backyard? Yeah, you that know? does kind of help. It's a little different when you got to go load up the kids, get a cooler, <laughs> get the thing, and put the clubs, no. well, and I, don't forget the iPads. I will
2: with, tell you next year you need to swing through our turkey camp. And you can bring bring your son, you know.
1: That'd be an adventure right there. If you want to
2: talk about years of turkey killing experience, there's more there in that camp than you're going to find in any place.
1: And also years of uh, therapy after seeing all those men walk around in their underwear. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feed Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, stay with us. Welcome back everybody have mercy it is the big and wild outdoors Braden bard dean and bill george in the studio today glenn is out messing around so is jonathan they're out today went out this week and did some messing around with my kids out uh, with uh captain uh kevin little i uh, went out on a nice charter that was uh given to me as a christmas gift from my co-workers here in the studio uh bill george and jonathan and glenn chipped in and got me out of the uh out of the house and got out on the water, and I will tell you that it was a awesome, awesome day. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect. The weather was great. Uh, temperature was nice. It was a nice little breeze, so it wasn't like hot and death out there. And um, uh, Captain Kevin Little was uh, gracious and uh, was hardworking like any of those captains are, man. You know, wouldn't even let you bait your own hook for about the first uh, 15 minutes until I was finally like, I got this! i know how to do this you don't have to you know you don't have to nurse me Uh, you know i'm good and uh my son you know he can bait his own hook so you know he he only had to concentrate on on the daughter and and keep her hook freshened up but i will say that no less than 40 or 50 snook came over the side of that boat and that ain't counting the ones that we lost because i mean dude it was an awesome day of fishing you, you raised your daughter not to bait her own hook uh, she does, uh, when it comes to, uh, greenbacks or, uh, fish, shrimp. Still not good with shrimp. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's that snap of the tail. That, and they land the nose,
4: you know, reach down and get that little nose
3: horn. Yeah, you know? That's the funniest thing, how people freak out over shrimp. I know. It's I was the like, funniest thing. Like, you just reach in and grab them. That's it. And they don't.
1: It's, <laughs> you know, uh, any uh, anything like that, when that, that shrimp starts snapping that tail, it's just like, ah! it's like it's fighting back and it's over. But uh, uh, luckily for us, we didn't use any and uh, we didn't have any shrimp. We, you know, strictly just white bait and uh, we were slaying the snook. He had a spot out there. And I'm not just saying us, there were three boats in a row. We were probably separated, uh, probably about 50 yards in between us, and all three boats were hauling in snook. So, um, I don't know what the red tide did uh, to certain other areas of the state of Florida, but in this particular area within Tampa Bay, there were snook. I mean, they were, we this, were always all three hooked up at the same time. As soon as a bait would hit, bam, 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 bam. we were that's, hitting.
2: that's one thing they're going to be talking about at this next commission meeting, May 1st, 2nd, up in uh, Tallahassee. But they did close snook and all that down here, redfish. And they closed it out of precaution, even though we were exceeding, like, Ten-year average highs, right? Okay, just, just to protect. So, so, so because we weren't sure if something bad might happen, we're going to close it. And you know what that's going to do? All that's going to do is raise your average up because now we're going to have more than that. So next time they're going to say, "Well, now we're below the average." Well, when we had opportunity to catch that excess above, no, we had to raise the bar higher. I mean, it's so. just a, a
4: knee-jerk reaction. I mean, I didn't. I thought now, I read something that. It,
2: but the guides really were pushing for it out of abundance of concern. Well, and yeah, you're protecting your stock. Yeah, and and if you get nobody taking them, then you got more to catch and release. Well,
1: yeah. Well, we we how many did you keep? Uh, Willie, I kept three trout, so that was it. I mean, out of the bunch, uh,
3: <laughs> I asked for those. trout. Well, you have the you saw the new regulations for trout, right?
1: Uh, let me just finish my story, okay? Oh. My gosh, it was my fishing trip. She's oh, Pete, man. Take me right off the ramp. So, but anyway, we went out, and But what was shocking to me is that, you know, when you talk about the overabundance, all I heard was from everybody was like, oh, the reds are doing great. Good pounds of reds. Reds everywhere. Reds over here. Reds over there. I'm catching reds all over. Man, jigging, and I, not even live baiting by, Not one redfish. Not one redfish in the bunch. Uh, trout, plenty of trout, and tons... I mean, tons of snook. Seriously. I'm not counting the ones that broke off. And, I, I mean, we were only did for a half day. We were back home by 2 o'clock. I mean, seriously. We, we met at the boat ramp around 8.30. I went out and was just hammer, 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 hammer. Wore those kids out, man. And uh, I had to have the talk with my son on the way home. Not that talk, but the talk of, <laughs> the talk of, now, you realize we were the professional. Who knows what he's doing? Yeah, Dad? So when you go out fishing, not every fishing trip is going to be like today.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not
1: going to be like today. Don't be out on the boat and get discouraged because you're like, you know, last time we were out, we caught like 59 snook. I never I got anything all day. And it's like, you know, that's why they call it fishing. Sometimes you have days like this. Some days you have but, days where, you know, you are get nothing but two, three gaff top sail cats.
2: And it's funny because I raised my kids to hunt on public land and- when you do that and you're successful on public land and you keep their you
1: expectations
2: have, low what you have when you get the opportunity to go hunt private land or in your case go out with a professional who, who's out on the water constantly you learn to appreciate those opportunities so much more you yeah. really
1: do and I think you do and and I and I I posted some pictures up on my personal Facebook page of the kids and the, the great time that we had out there but I will say this that uh, those guides are extremely busy, and it seems like red tide or whatever you want to say this time of year and going into summer. Uh, I don't know any guides who are not out on the water almost every single day of the week these days. That's how good the fishing has been out there. And I know that Bart, you know, wrote me back a little snarky comment when I sent him a couple of pictures. He's like, "Yeah, too bad the red tide like wiped out everything." And uh, I mean, and,
4: what we just—I uh, get the state of Florida just spent like something like three point something million just for research on red Cod Now, yeah.
3: Well well, for, I actually saw an article. Um, I don't remember who posted it, but uh, they were talking about how it wasn't—it um, wasn't outflow uh, or discharges or anything that caused it. It was the currents in the gulf and all this stuff so you know at least this wasn't like a satire site either this was like i mean oh well, that's it, plausible yeah, but but i mean it, yeah, I, it I agree it, it's plausible current
2: but. coming out from a particular place offshore yeah and
1: it, but that's what happens all the time yeah
3: and
2: yeah
1: and but my point was going to be if you're planning on doing a trip with the kids this summer book it now yeah and that was the point because Uh, You have a lot of people like Lori Deaton and other captains as well that are also doing, uh, which I think is awesome, that they're doing these little uh, almost like summer uh, events. They're doing like summer school. I know Rabbo started them a while back where, you know, you drop your kids off every day and every day they're fishing. And it's like a summer camp. So, but it's a summer fishing camp. So, you get to learn some of the rules and conservation. They have FWC officers that show up, and one day it could be knot tying and all that other stuff. But you have like uh, a couple of hours of maybe classroom time or an hour or so at the beginning. And then they throw your butt on a boat with a professional. And they, you know, you got four kids on a boat with a pro, and they're out there catching fish. And then yeah. when they come back in, they do a little cool down. Classroom stuff where you could do knot tying, throw a cast net, things like that, that they're learning over the course of a week. And those things are also filling up extremely fast. Yep. So uh, if you're going to do that this time of year, I know, uh, you know, you just maybe you still got some money left over from the tax season or you haven't got your check yet, but uh, spend it, spend it wisely and spend it on your kids. Seriously, I know that you think, oh, it's going to be a great trip. We'll take them to uh, go see, uh, you know, something. Dude, it's like Bart said, and like you said, and like Dean said, being able to take your kids out, get them the adventure of a lifetime, that is a memory that will last forever. Yep. Uh, you know, trying to remember the car ride to go see the backside of the Great Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they'll spend more time on that cell phone uh, or, or that, that iPad on the drive up than they de- will out there doing something it, like this.
2: Yeah, Dean was talking about waiting until the kids were able to walk. I remember... Turn around, put one on my shoulders, had a, a dolly with the tree stand, ladder stand on it, put one on the dolly, had one on my shoulders, and I walked a half mile back in carrying this yeah, stand. <laughs> and he, and know, you know what? Know. And even if it's a miserable
1: <laughs> trip, sometimes those are the most memorable. Yeah, and yeah. when you look back on them as an adult, you kind of go... Dude, that was one of the worst days of my life. But dude, that was an awesome and, day. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah.
2: And that story, that story lasts forever for me. You know, because sure. uh, you know, you don't do that every year. Yeah. Or every, you know, yeah, I but do it last for you. I
3: do need to get out there with him. You know, it, it's for me. It's trying to figure out um, when something should. I don't know how to really explain it. Besides, like he's really young right now, and I'm. I need to go out, and I can't wait to start doing that. It's just I need to. Just go just out and do it. Stick in a laundry
1: basket in the middle of an inner tube and just pull it behind the boat. You're cool. <laughs> I mean, dude, <laughs> I'm fine. The, I'm dead serious. I've been looking into one
4: of those inflatable little rowboat things that yeah. I can hook it, hook it up to my waist oh. and just take the kids out and go Weedon an Island. And just yeah, go. he goes, he goes Get out two umbrellas you know, and good.
3: Listen right. for a
1: splash and you'll be okay. He yeah.
3: goes out on um, my mother in law's boat. You know, like it, it, he he goes out and has no. done that type of thing he's, already. He, but at you know, nine
2: months he's still. He's still young. He's not going to be participating. Yeah, exactly.
3: Right. I I was thinking of waiting until he can actually, as you said, participate, actually do something along with it.
1: And hold his breath underwater. All right. But listen, if you want to get in with Captain Little, all you got to do is go. It's easy. (laughs) Go to... uh, Captain L- uh, KevinLittle.com. Captain KevinLittle.com. That's Captain C A P T A I N, not just the K A C A P T type thing, but CaptainKevinLittle.com. Uh, we play his commercials here on the show, and he's a great guide, very patient, great with kids. And uh, literally, if you want to, he can do almost like 90% of the work. All you got to do is reel it in. Get it up to him, he'll put the hook, you're back in the water again and gone. If that's the way you want to fish it, he'll do it that way too. CaptainKevinLittle.com Book your trip today. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us you guys It gets good Welcome back everybody at Big and Wild Outdoors Braden Barton Bill George, just so you know, I have officially declared war on Barbados for <laughs> the second, one? second week in a row. I have been stuck with a coin that does not work in the vending machine. <laughs> Damn that Barbados Slim. I didn't even know Barbados had their own money, to well, be honest with you. So of course I, they do. I don't know why, uh, why, why they're here or... We've been flooded with the coins of Barbados, but they are useless. Maybe it's a conspiracy. I I go back to
2: why do you not look at your change when you get it?
1: Dude, it's a look. Look at that. No, no, no. It's the same exact size. And I mean, look at the coin. It does look like a quarter. It does. (laughs) And, uh,.
3: it's like this. It's not quite the size of a quarter, though. It's
1: very light. Listen to the difference in sound. I mean, if it, it, you can tell that it's uh,
3: cheap. It's, yeah, it's, it's
1: made of
4: it's made of tin instead of nickel. I don't know. What? How, how much long? is it worth? I
1: nothing. What, what's well, the price? It says, says
3: twenty five cents on it, well, but like, I seriously doubt it's worth no. To you gotta, us you gotta to work in the white. exchange rate multiply by three you know what now one. that
1: would be a good day's adventure I to walk into money? my to walk into my Wells Fargo bank and go I would like to exchange this for American currency just to see how much this is actually worth
3: I actually, it's <laughs> worth negative yeah, so you, you have w- to give them money <laughs> <laughs> you, owe, you owe us five cents now you have two
2: of them but it used to be like the Canadian so money 10 was cents. More, more worth more than the American dollar for, for a little while is yeah. that no
3: not anymore
1: <laughs> And none of it still worked in our vending machine. So I don't care how many beaver nickels they give us, it doesn't work. Oh, I actually picked up somebody
3: yesterday who uh, was telling me that uh, the place they're staying on the beach, they have people all the time from Canada... Are, they're upset about the conversion. So they're upset that they have to pay more than they normally would. And they're like, well, can you just accept our money, uh, you know, as no, a right. And they're like, no, way. because it. No. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's not my fault that your currency is worthless. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, see,
4: we have your quarter and our quarter. See, your quarter is worth five cents, and this is worth 25 cents <laughs> here. Yeah, we're not in c- Bro, Canada. <laughs> so I, I looked up, so I went and took my change jar in, dumped the change jar, you know, just go ahead and get some extra pocket cash. I didn't know this
1: was going to lead to story time. No, but I, 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 I'm the one who officially so you, declared war on Barbados. Well, you I can't
4: declare war on the Philippines because I'm married to one. But still, um, I got a whole bunch of Filipino money, so I'm thinking myself, exchange rate. Let me look it up. It's actually, uh, for a dollar, it's worth 50 cents. Yeah. So,
1: it's kind of like when I stepped off the plane in uh, Tokyo, Japan, and they handed me a stack of money. And I looked, I said, how much is this? They go, it's 30,000 yen. I went... I'm rich, man! I mean, I am going to own half the condos in downtown Tokyo. Yeah, it's worth about I mean, in bucks.
3: Venezuela, a burger used to cost, what, $10 million or something like that to them? Uh-huh. I think it, that's what it came out to, like to buy a burger. It was like $10 million Venezuelan dollars. Well, then you
1: know what? Let's go uh, see if we can do a little uh, black market stuff with the Barbados I mean, coin. This has got to be worth at least 25 bucks. There, there you go. I mean, we'll do it that way. Uh, I wanted to bring this up with uh, Bill George. Uh, yeah, as we know, uh, I, I, I don't, we don't really pat ourselves on the back as much as we really should because everybody else gets to take the credit for it. But, uh, I will tell you that, uh, years, many, many, many years ago, we, Glenn and I and Bart as well, when he was on the show a full time, uh, were the, I think the first spear, the tip of the spear who were calling for the hunting of the Burmese python in the Everglades. And we actually had the FWC on our show multiple times uh, explaining how we thought it should go with uh, hunting the Burmese pythons because then when we first started talking about it, you could not do that. No. And um, uh, as more and more biologists called the show, they were kind of like, at first it was like, well, you know, that's not really a good idea because we really don't see it that much of a threat. And the second time we talked to him, was like, well, we have biologists kind of working on it currently. Uh, we're taking it under, uh, you know. And about the third time, they were like, well, we're implementing some sort of capture and research thing, and then everything else. And then all of a sudden, after about five years and six years of complaining, it was FWSC announces Python hunting. (laughs) Look what you can do now. And um, if you need more reason to do it, did you see the story this past week of the parasite that has now entered into our ecosystem via... The Burmese pythons that are now affecting the pygmy rattlers. Oh, have you seen that story no, at all? I have not. This parasitic worm that now lives inside of pygmy rattlesnakes in the state of Florida. And it is, they grow even larger in the pygmy rattler than they do inside of a Burmese python. And uh, they're really disgusting looking like worm type parasites i'm not talking about little teeny well, how tiny, tiny
2: north has this parasite been found it's
1: been found up here it's been found in uh on the edges of ocala so
2: whoa well these pythons aren't up that high normally all well, are. Yeah, are yeah but pygmies are but
3: are yeah. they going back and forth between this well then they must be breed you know with the when the pygmies breed or whatever do, does it go with them like just how
2: traveling long, up north how long would it take for a pygmy rattler to travel that far.
1: I, I don't know, but I'll give you the story right here because it says, while examining a deceased pygmy rattlesnake last summer, a Florida professor of biology uh, was stunned to be watching wriggling parasitic worms slowly emerging from the serpent's open mouth. Uh, Dr. Therese Farrell, who teaches biology at Stetson University in Deland, had been studying the venomous rattlesnakes uh, for over decades. He admits he found this scene pretty alarming. Uh, he said the, total, the students have tested a total of three pygmy rattlesnakes and found that uh, the type of blood-sucking parasitic worm in each of the reptiles' lungs and near their tracheas. Researchers have collaborated with the University of Florida's College of Veterinary Medicine, conducted tests on the creature's DNA to determine how the parasites were introduced. They discovered the parasite species appears to be from Southeast Asia, indicating they may be connected to the Burmese pythons. A species native to that particular region also happens to be an invasive species in the Sunshine State. So they published it in this herpetology review or this past it. March.
2: That uh,
3: sounds hoaxy to me. I was about to say, that sounds, there's, there's oh, too much of a gap. The, the,
2: the python comes from there and this parasite comes from there. There's no other way
4: we can get anything here other than, you know, through the python. Well, what about snakeheads? They're from Southeast Asia, and yeah, they but, actually walk across over to over, over land to get the other pieces. Uh, yeah,
2: places but of water. what I'm saying is, the pythons that are growing down there right. have been there for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. The yeah. FWC has been encouraging the public to remove and kill pythons from private lands whenever possible. Oh, yeah, thank you, Big and Wild, and the <laughs> South Florida Water Management District even created python limited programs back in 2017. They're giving them the credit for that. Seriously. <laughs> to protect the Everglades and eliminate the states from public lands. And the uh,
2: management areas used to only be able to hunt those pythons during, like, the gun season and that, and now you can hunt them year-round on the uh, WMAs down there. They they no longer have a, a closed season.
1: Though the Burmese python is more heavily populated in the south portion of the state, Pharrell and his team said they have found evidence of the parasite up to 100 miles away from central Florida, our research shows that these parasites are moving north rapidly along the peninsula and have appeared to be a major health effect on the pygmy rattlesnakes. At the moment, the parasites don't appear to pose a threat to humans. There are relatives of this parasite that people have gotten from eating raw snakes. These, uh, this, these, uh, there isn't a human concern at this time. He also confirmed that uh, researchers are concerned about the impact it will have on the pygmy rattlers. So, uh, yeah. So, apparently, it is moving quite uh, quickly throughout the state of Florida. So, poo-poo it all you want to.
3: Well, did did you see that uh, 17-foot python that was just killed with the 63? Oh, that is nasty. Yeah, that is a nasty-looking worm.
1: Yeah, I don't want that coming out of me. No. (laughs) No. Um, I don't want that anywhere in me, uh, man.
3: I think they came from Black Drums. So.
1: Oh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That, that looks, that looks yeah. awful familiar. From from
3: uh, animal type to animal type. There's
1: <laughs> you were saying before we were... Uh, yeah, we there was a
3: 17-foot you? Burmese that was killed. Yeah, we I, saw her. Oh, uh, With the 63 eggs in it. I
1: think it was more like
3: 70-something. Uh, they shape? can have a lot more than yeah. that. It's, uh, but but uh, I don't think people realize that just one... And, uh, you know, it, over a couple years that the that, you know, it, however many survive out of those but, still. I mean, the, how, how many babies actually make it to adulthood? I it, got a
2: question for it. How many female snakes do you think have been released intentionally into the wild in the name of research?
3: In the name of research. They were
1: using males. They were no, using they're males. Using they're using females.
3: Females what? research? What do you mean yeah. by research? Oh, yeah, wait, they wait, wait, them.
1: wait, 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 they, wait, they, wait, wait, they wait, 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 wait. According to the story, them. they're using males to find the females uh, with their little beepers inside of them, and that's how they located this 17 Just do 17 a request footer.
2: on how many females. You might be
1: surprised. Well, I'm just saying, according to the story, they say they're using males to hunt down the females. Who released them. University the of Florida. Yeah.
4: Those are the same guys that did the love bugs.
1: So why would you <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, don't even start that. Look at those sons of Yeah, they yeah, they invented well, the that, love that, bugs. So now,
2: now they do go out there and try and keep tabs on them. They have the trackers in them and you know I'm sure none of them have ever heard, gotten loose. I have
3: never heard of this before. What are
1: you oh, talking uh, about? Are you crazy?
3: I have never heard of this before. Yeah,
1: that's how they find them. They they tag the males, and uh, you know when it's ladies' night, they know where they all are. That this, seems
3: this, that it, seems very uh, so, that doesn't seem like it's a good. Uh, idea it, it
1: works because males don't get pregnant and they find the girls and then they get the girls and then they kill the baby makers yeah. uh, i mean don't they tell you to shoot the sows yeah they do all right when well, we gotta take a break we're gonna, hang on jonathan we'll get to you when we come back we are brought to you by g5 feeding outdoors and brandon ford hang in jonathan No, let this play. This is a great song by ZZ Top. Texas triplets, man. This is a good song. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Bard, Dean, and Billy, who's munching on something over there. And on the phones, he says his name is Jonathan. We will check. Is this Jonathan?
0: Uh, the rumors of my demise are greatly exaggerated.
1: No one said that you were gone, gone. We just said you were gone with a chainsaw gone.
0: Uh, dude, uh, I'm happy to hear your voice right now.
1: Why? Have you been stuck so, out in the woods for a very, very long time?
0: Well, right now, if you must know, right now I'm standing outside so I can talk to you guys because of all the caterwauling going on in the house, getting breakfast ready, <laughs> and I'm freezing. Uh, the deer, I'm right now in a constant you know, state of hilarity because the deer are standing here saying, it's frickin' April, and what the heck is it doing? Forty-four degrees, or forty-eight degrees, or whatever it is, with the wind blowing thirty miles an hour. So That's so. If
2: you need to make that burn pile go, you can be, you can work it a little better. Oh gosh,
0: you know you know the wind. Oh, I'll say it just like this, and I was laughing literally five seconds before you hit the button. You know the wind is blowing hard when there's a dove flying over you into the wind, and about halfway through it, it's like, yeah, screw it. And yeah, just, I'm, I'm going to go ahead
1: and land. I'm going to just take it right here for a while, take a nap, it's all good. Is it that cold, right? really, up there? Is it in the 40s? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. It's warmed up a little bit this morning. It was, uh, I got up this morning and just tried to see if I heard anything. and was going to wake my daughter up and go turkey hunting, and it was... About 40, yeah, about 44, and the wind was wow. blowing about 30 miles an hour, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to go shoot a hog tonight.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a good night to be out hog gun for sure, especially if you're running dogs, man. will not be so sweaty. Be nice. Get out there.
0: I've got a couple of nice one-and-done feeders, and then let's just say that it didn't take them long to find them.
1: So. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, with the area being as, uh, as hard-hit as it is up there, I'm sure those hogs are having a hard time finding stuff on the ground as well. So I'm sure there's plenty of rooting going on. They're looking for stuff under the ground. So they oh, yeah. got, they find something like what you got out there with your one-and-dones. It's like a smorgasbord. Yes. Yeah,
4: you might, you, sure. you might need to take two because, you know, I think the, the amount of food has been lacking up there for those pigs, so.
1: You know? What do you mean well, by take that, two? Yeah. take two Just hogs yeah, or take two, hog. two feeders? No,
4: two hogs. That way you can actually equal the amount of meat well, that you're going to need. <laughs> I was going to call and ask uh, Brayden when we're having the uh,
0: surf and turf fish fry at his house because it looked like they pretty much wrecked everything.
1: Yeah, but you know we had to turn we had to turn those snook back loose, man. We couldn't keep them all. You know, it's not that thing. You know, the Bill George would be all up on me.
0: Hey, I
1: saw them speckle trout now. Don't be trying well, to play with me like that. I'm just saying there's a few trout that, did that uh, didn't that did make it back into the water, not just because of me, but also Captain Little had uh, promised a couple of them to his pastor. So, uh, you know, they we, we donated a couple to his church. So, you know, it was a bountiful day. Why not share the bounty? It was all good. But you know what? i got to ask you, speaking of the one-and-done feeders that you have out there, have you found all of yours yet? Have they all been accounted uh-huh. for?
0: I'm missing one and I'm hopefully hopefully today um, I'm gonna make patents charge through the rest of the trees and hopefully I'll get to it. If I don't then, then we'll stay tuned folks maybe next week.
1: So you, you <laughs> actually you think you remember the location of it, but it's just been so dramatically changed up there that the landscape it's kind of hard to find where you left it.
2: You know you well, have too way, many when you can't remember the where they are. Up,
0: pl- yeah, the way the swamp was set up with the road system and everything else, and the way we did everything, it's not hard to find the two track and know where you know know where you're going. It's just it, you get to certain spots and it's nice. You got little trees, you can push those out of the way, no big deal. And then we get to some of these spots that some of these oak trees fell down that I think were they're older than all of us put together. So. Those take a little bit of time,
1: <laughs> yeah move that out of the way you got to give that steel chainsaw kind of a workout to get on the past those things, man. Well, how's it looking up there? Are you getting things done? I mean, uh, I know you're not the only person up there that's trying to handle all this stuff. and now with the new report that uh, Michael's been upgraded to a category five, does that help you in any way, or does that or does that not affect you?
0: Mm, it's you you made a great y'all made a great statement the other day. Then don't get me wrong. I've been listening. I've just been busy and unable to call, but it's, it's, it makes you smile and it makes you sad all in the same moment because there are certain things up here that it's great to see people coming together, helping each other out, doing the stuff they need to do. You know, nobody up here's, nobody up here's really got an ego or nobody up here is really, hmm, how do I say this right? nobody up here is everybody's trying to help each other right really and but it's really sad for me is that there's still a lot of people that are hurting and it's kind of like you said the other day it the people will need not to forget about what happened up here because there's I mean there's still stuff that still things that I'm finding there's still places that it's you still can't get to because of debris and everything else and I mean there's still the roadsides are still full of just busted trees, roots, you name it, you know.
1: You know what's really sad, though, Jonathan, and, uh, you know, that uh, Michael hasn't been in the news at all until all of a sudden, you know, he got upgraded to a five, and uh, now more federal funds are going to be released uh, for the state. But between uh, today or yesterday when it was actually announced uh, to – what two months ago, or even more, nobody uh, did anybody hear anything about no. the devastating effects that Michael's still having on that area none no. none whatsoever, oh yeah, no one said Jack about it and that just you know what on a whim just for for giggles, I went and I actually uh went and uh, went on Zillow or something, looking at property and stuff up there in that area around Mexico Beach and all that stuff, just to see what oh, yeah. the real estate market was doing up there, and uh you wouldn't believe how many empty lots are up there for sale. People are just done with it. They're not going to go back. They're not rebuilding. They're just selling off the lots for about oh, yeah. the same amount that you could probably purchase a house here on the water for. I mean, seriously, an empty oh, lot yeah. still going and for a quarter of a million a dollars. Place.
0: It's a beautiful place. is. Don't it get me wrong. It is. Wrong, but that's, hmm. it's, uh, and, I mean, like, a, like for me, One of the things, I mean, you guys know that with the shop, we're diversifying and we're trying to do some stuff different and I'm doing the outfitting stuff up here and all that, which hopefully here in the near future, we're going to have the big and wild hunt up here, but that's another story for another time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But, you know, I mean, it's like for us, you know, the water, the water level that we're getting is, it's kind of backwards to say the least, because once we start to dry out, then... You know, all this other, that's the other thing that's killing everybody is the rain. Like the other day, we had another, uh, another group of tornadoes come through here. And I mean, it's like the rain and stuff like that that they get from Atlanta all the way down. People don't realize when they release that water, it's coming down through us. Mm. So, yeah. you know, the water levels are sometimes three, sometimes five, sometimes 10 foot higher than they normally are this time.
1: Well, at least you don't have the red tide up there, so it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. I don't know.
0: We got plenty of moccasins. I shot another one yesterday, so. Yeah, well,
1: you know, it looks like you're going to have to let the pygmy rattlers slide for a while because they're having to deal with the parasites now, so we got to take it easy on them because, uh, you know, we don't want to, you know, wipe out that population. But I know that me and pygmy rattlers have not been friends for many, many years, but uh, from now on, now that the uh, parasitic uh, deal they have to deal with, I'll probably give them a slide, you know. Well, Water moccasins, after, not so much.
0: Well after about the uh, after what I saw the raging judge do yesterday with that 410 load at uh, about five feet, I need to go find me a couple of Burmese pythons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know what? It's very funny that you mentioned that because during the break, uh, Bart actually went and looked up the range because. Uh, Jonathan brought up, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Bill brought up the fact that, you know, would they ever go, were they that far north? You know how he is. He's a skeptic on everything that anybody ever says. And uh, would they be that far north and all that stuff? You'd be amazed how many of them have been located right up there around where you are right now. So you do have oh, some yeah. Burmese pythons up there in your neck of the woods. Oh, thanks for telling me that. Yeah. So if you see them, uh, do what you must do. And I would let the judge be the judge of that.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce them to the judge, jury, and the executioner.
1: Yeah, you do it all right there. It was amazing because when even Dean said, you know, when people mention the Burmese python, we instantly think of the Everglades, and it's not true. I mean, they are uh, slowly creeping up the East Coast. They're already up on the West Coast. They're up there around where you are. Uh, they're mm-hmm. they're spreading. They are, and obviously, they're spreading their nastiness with them wherever they go. Well, Jonathan, yeah, we got to take a break, man. Stay with it, man. I know it's hard work, but uh, you'll get it done, man. We're on your side. All right.
0: Love you guys like a fat kid. Love you. Talk to you
1: later. <laughs> <laughs> See you, brother. we got to take a real quick break, you guys. If you want to call in on the show, you know you're welcome to. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. If you got any questions for Dean, you know, because he's a plethora of information. Always. On all things.
3: Everything. I know everything with my 23-year-old mind. Oh,
1: please call the show. (laughs) (laughs) We're brought to you by G5 Feet Outdoors with Brandon Ford.